What's good, U of M? It's your boy, Professor Brennan, here with, again, Brooke. Hello, everyone. Good to have him back on. I think uh, biggest reason I have him back on is we did not finish up our conversations last week. We'll get into that, I guess, growing up, you know, Canadian boys and uh, all the all the same TV shows that we watch. So we'll get into that a bit later. Um, I wanted to first bring up the fact, it, it's a dumb question, but I saw something somewhere that basically said, don't go shoe shopping without any shoes. And it's like, right, everyone obviously has shoes, but like that is an interesting conundrum. Like, yeah, if you need shoes because you don't have shoes, how are you supposed to buy them if you don't have shoes? <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess online selling is so mm-hmm. easy now. You could probably just get something from Amazon in one or two days. You'll have that in case you don't want to go get your little tootsies cold out in mm-hmm. the snow right now. Or even just like you wouldn't be allowed into the shoe place without yeah, any shoes. I'm, I'm thinking like... Someone who maybe just like straight lost their shoes. They may, uh, I'll give this scenario. They're like uh, maybe poor, more more or less like disconnected. Maybe maybe they're just like very environmentally friendly. They don't have a phone. They don't, they're like off the grid, okay. and and they they're in an apartment that doesn't have much, and they have their shoes. They lose it at a party, just like strip. Someone took their shoes. They walk home from the party barefoot, and then they wake up the next day. You know, they're like hungover, and they're just like, I don't own any shoes now. What do I do? I don't have internet. I don't have a phone. What, like, uh, like I, I only, um, I only use cash. You know, I try and really stay off the grid. How am I buying shoes? Wow, you know, in this completely fictional situation, it's a little hard for that person. Um, probably just like walk into Walmart, walk real quick, and go yeah, get some maybe. cheap twenty dollars shoes, and let that kind of be your go-to as you find shoes that you prefer. I guess that's fair that you just sprint to the shoe section, take some, put them on, and then be like, yeah, I'll pay for these now. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I mean, you could probably explain the situation to the employees of Walmart. And Walmart is a place where it's like, yeah, <laughs> like, they're not going to look at you so weird. Like, the people are doing weirder stuff in Walmart than, you know, not having shoes. Yeah, I'm sure they're not going to wholly enforce the no shoes, no yeah. shirt. You say fictional scenario, but I feel like there has been a scenario where, like, someone who's just been pretty off the grid, just like, I don't have any shoes. Or maybe they don't have a shoe. I don't know. I'm sure it's happened, but, like, the whole, they're this eco-warrior, and that's why they don't have all this stuff. I feel like that's a little less than common, but I'm sure it's happened at least once. True. And I bring up shoes because, yeah, like, everyone, like, the situation wouldn't happen with a shirt where you're just, like, shirtless or pants. But shoes are something like, yeah, like, for a lot of my life, I only had one pair of shoes ever. So to, like, think about losing them, I think that's really the, probably the hardest thing to do is actually lose them, like, just not have shoes. But yeah. You never had to do, like, an indoor and outdoor pair of shoes for school growing up? No, not at least when I was in Winnipeg. Weirdly enough, when I moved to Calgary, that's when I had to do it. But, yeah, like, you and you'd think Winnipeg with all its snow would have that. But, yeah, yeah I did not have that when I was, like, K through grade three. Wow, just walking around with slush in the school halls or something? Yeah, like... um Oh God! It was a mess. The, the um, the hallways. I felt so bad for the custodian. Yeah, it would sometimes. Honestly, I'd be wearing yeah, just boots in my kindergarten class, and and like you'd have to go sit cross-legged, and now your butt's oh. all wet because you're sitting on your wet boots. Lovely. Um, want to talk about names that are very literal? For example, fireplace. I want to. I'm putting you on the spot here, Brooke. But you can can you think of any other like names like that that are just like very little? Maybe I'll give you another one. Car wash. Okay, I guess four-way intersection doesn't nope. count, or does it? I would count that. Okay. Uh, 
I don't I know think if that's that more maybe, of like no. a title than a name. Right. Also, intersection has multiple meanings per se. True. Like a car wash, you know exactly what that is. Yeah. But four-way intersection could be like an intersection could mean something else. An orange. <laughs> an orange. Yeah, I guess. A fly swatter. Do you know what came first? Orange or orange? Ooh. Name or color? It's gotta be it's gotta be the fruit, I'm thinking. I think it was the fruit. I remember seeing something where like when adventures had gone to the Americas mm-hmm. and they found an orange, that's when they established the word for it. Right. And before it was just some weird red yellow color that they had called it. Yeah. I was just even more thinking that they like you know, whatever cavemen probably had a word for like uh, the actual fruit because they're eating it versus the idea of like wait name colors because like colors are wavelength different wavelengths so I feel like you needed that scientific background to then establish the actual names for these colors before it was kind of like oh you know it's the same yeah I guess col- just color in general is hard to describe because it's kind of like I feel like I'm going on a tangent of like blind people how do you describe yeah. color to blind people yeah, and I you guess just can't. you just can't because you'd be like, oh, red is warm. But of course, they don't have this lifelong experience of red and yeah. fire and mm-hmm. the hot part of a tap. Yeah, I just feel like overall, like every every item had a name before the idea of colors was even brought into existence of like, wait, these things look similar, but only because, but not in shape, but because of, I only, again, I'm trying to describe a color <laughs> without using the, like describe color without using the word color. These two look similar because they have the same, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Color. All right. This tangent has given me enough time to yep, think there you of go. some examples. Uh, blackboard and whiteboard. Okay. Those are easy ones because they are just boards mm-hmm. of black or white. Mm-hmm. Um, I really should have thought of more than that. That was my... Fly swatter. Fly swatter. Dishwasher. Uh, dishwasher. I don't think that's really all I got, but it's I interesting. Got rain boots in my head, but I feel like that doesn't work because you can wear the boots yeah. at different times. I guess it's just weird to think that um, uh, people just like made up things and just like called them by their little names. Maybe that's a good thing. But... A toaster. Ooh, there this you go. Is the most obvious one, a toaster. Yeah. It, all it does is toast. Yeah, it just toasts things. Yeah, fair enough. Um, do you think service dogs see other dogs as bums? Or is it the other way around where it's like not like service dogs are jealous of dogs that don't have jobs? I feel like the dogs don't really notice too much. I feel like for the service dogs, it's just the life they live. Mm-hmm. And they probably think that other dogs just live a different life. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if there's much uh, class knowledge or discussion amongst dogs. I can almost feel like dog, like service dogs see other dogs and are like, we are not the same. Like they maybe don't even see themselves as dogs. They see like, because they're not doing the same things, but they see other dogs like interacting that way that they see them, not like as a human, but more like I am not the same breed as, like I am not the same animal as them. I guess they can't conceptually think what is animals, but they yeah. they don't they would probably look at like a bird and be like, that's different dog. That's different because I don't do what they do. So I can't be like them. And they maybe see themselves as something else. Interesting. I would feel like uh, service dogs are like pretty well socialized so that they've hmm. seen a lot of different dogs. So they're comfortable around them. And I'm sure they can relate themselves with it. Hmm. Um, yeah. I feel like the dog just kind of internalizes its quote unquote work as its life it's like yeah, it's just true. what it does yeah so it might just view other dogs as doing what they do interesting and then do you think like 
because service dogs are obviously not allowed to be pet, do you think they, they like, miss that? Or because they've never been given that, they don't even, like, think about that? They never say, like, I want to be pet because they've just never really known that experience? I think it's just that they can't be pet while working because okay, gotcha. they're meant to, like, be focused on other tasks. Like, I'm sure that the owners still give them, like, physical affection and stuff when they're not out in public and stuff. Oh, I see. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that begs the question, like, because I feel like service dogs probably still, like, operate within the home. Like, I'm thinking, like, a blind person yeah. probably still needs their service dog somewhere around the house. Yeah. But I wonder how the dog differentiates, like, oh, I can be pet now versus I can't be pet now. Or, like, I am working versus I'm not working. I guess the whole idea of service dogs is just crazy. I mean, like, how do dogs even know that they're supposed to be doing that? Yeah, it's insane. That's another thing I was just, like, randomly had pop up in my universe recently where I was thinking about service dogs. And it's just how as like a species of human, have we trained creatures to do what we want? Like we've Mm -hmm. gotten dogs to respond to different whistles to go and like herd sheep in different ways. And it's like, how did you establish that like a two-tone whistle means bring them all to the left? How do you just train that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I kind of saw a TikTok of like how to teach a dog not to like eat food off the floor and it was like dropping food and putting your foot over it so they can't get it and then when they calm down and sit you give them a treat to eventually like it's a repetition that eventually you drop the food and they're more interested in the treat that you're going to give them so they okay. they stay calm and look at you and then you're able to you know they learn that yeah. it's like it's it's not worth it so it might be a like a repetition thing of like <laughs> you're physically like move like hey when I do this you're going to move here and like physically doing that until eventually after so much repetition, they, they get it. Makes sense. Um, this is meant as a joke, but you might actually know the answer just being an engineering major. Um, why are they called semi-trucks? They definitely seem like whole trucks. Do you know the reason why they're called semi-trucks? I don't actually know why they would be called that. I'm feeling as though there's meant to be some kind of conjunction with semi onto something denoting weight or ah. towing power. Yeah, it might be like a s- half a ton, like a semi-ton. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's like... I. Uh, are they called a half-ton truck? Is that what those I'm actually kind of stupid. Like, I have all the time called. in the world. I could just look this up. <laughs> Why are they called semi-trucks? I feel bad now. Can you riff? Because they're semi-not trucks. Oh. They have large storage bays. This seems like a cop-out. They pull semi-trailers but what's a semi-trailer uh maybe it's a semi-trailer because it's a pseudo trailer in the way that it needs to be towed but it can also have its own power line in it like it can also kind of propel itself in a bit yeah they're supposed so their actual names are semi-trailer trucks and we just call them semis or semi interesting or a lorry or Lori, if you're in the UK. Anyways, I got a like, little tangent slash theory here. Okay. Taylor Swift has been big recently. She just re-released her Red album. Of course. Um, and I've been really into her this past year. But I'm also a really diehard Kanye fan. And obviously, there's, there's always that beef between Taylor and Kanye. But I don't know how I came up with this. But I basically realized, like, Taylor Swift is the girl version of Kanye West, both in the fact that Kanye's a man and Taylor's a woman, and in the fact that most guys, like a lot of guys like Kanye and a lot of girls like Taylor. So here's my evidence for this theory. They have similar monthly streams on Spotify. 
Uh, Taylor's a bit more right now, but I do think that's because she just released, re-released her Red album. Okay. They have, they, no, they both don't have a song over a billion streams. So to me, that signifies that they're not as big as like Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber, The Weeknd, Drake, like all these bigger artists. They're, I'm not saying they're a mid-artist, but they haven't really gained that huge um that huge following maybe not maybe it's the international stats that they haven't really gained doesn't matter uh kanye's highest is 900 million uh taylor's highest is 600 million now here's where it gets a little crazy they have similar amount of albums put out in each album they have the same amount like similar listen count they're all all songs are over a hundred thousand and there's a and then there's a couple that get up to six hundred thousand like they have the exact same amount of number of songs that have 600 million views or a million streams. Now we're looking at um, just the fact that, yeah, they're, they're fans that do like them because, again, it's not like the whole world loves Kanye, the whole yeah. world loves Taylor. They're kind of in that midsection of uh, when it comes to artist popularity. But the p- fans that do love them love them to death and st- like hardcore stand them so hard. Like, I, like there's Swifties and there's like, yeah. like Kanye has just like this, this group of people where it's like, he can do no wrong. Like I will vote for him for president. Cause I just love <laughs> his music that much. And I just find them that like, yeah, like they're, you know, they're the girl and boy version of themselves and their, and their followings like, you know, for girls, Taylor and for guys, Kanye. Um, I thought it was also interesting. Uh, my top three friends, uh, Matt, Tristan, Marvin, <coughs> Tristan's a big Swifty. Matt's a big Kanye fan. Marvin doesn't know either of them. He just likes K-pop. And then I fall into the range of I like both. Like, really. Like, like yeah. I think Taylor might. Like, Kanye was my number one artist two years ago. And I think Taylor might be my number one artist this year. Like, on my okay. Spotify rap. Yeah. So, I was just kind of thinking, like, that's an interesting friend group I got going on there. Where it's like, one's a Swifty. One's into Kanye. One doesn't know either. And I'm both. And, I, I, again, I've gone on a tangent now. But I just want to, I guess, show my evidence that they, they, they are the they are the same yet they've had so much beat but they've they've had just similar success uh you know they don't even really release singles like but they always have like hits off of their albums and again like similar amount of albums put out and yeah same, same diehard fan base one of the stats you had thrown out of neither of them having over a billion mm-hmm. streams that's insane to yeah. me it's insane to think that uh katie perry and dark horse has like yeah. probably 1.4 billion at this point on YouTube. To be fair, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. But to think that Taylor has no billion view songs yeah. going on, I like she's just been in the industry for so long. Mm-hmm. She's had such a large following throughout the entirety of it, and I feel like she just continues to grow yeah. year on year. I think um, yeah. First of all, Dark Horse sits at 850 million wow. on. On, uh, on Spotify. Again, okay. I might be a little biased just because I'm using... I don't... YouTube's a hard one to gauge, though, just because, for example, Kanye, a lot of his songs came out before YouTube got big. Like, that's the other thing, is, like, Kanye was biggest right before the 2010s. Taylor's, of course, been doing great after the 2010s. Uh, Katy Perry kind of falls on that when that she... Her biggest time was when YouTube was big. Uh, that being said, so I know I've been using just, like, yeah... Um, Spotify numbers here, which may be a bit inaccurate. Oh, do you have the number on the I, YouTube? I just looked at YouTube, so I said it's probably 1.4 billion. Yeah. I feel like that's must have been a couple years ago. 3.1 yeah. billion views. Damn. Damn. I also, you know, a lot, a lot of views in a YouTube video also probably come from if it's an actual good music video, too. Uh, yeah, of course. Versus Spotify, you're actually listening to just the song. But yeah, I'm, I'm shocked, too, that Taylor Swift's highest listened song 
is only six, just over 600 million. Uh, Kanye has his song Strongest at 900 million, but then it's like that's just like an outlier because the rest are 600, 400 million. Um, yeah, but you know, it, it's just, I guess, kind of crazy to think that uh, they never. They never blew up, but you would think that they had blown up just like with how diehard their fan base is. But then to realize like, no, like Katy Perry is like more mainstream. And I think, yeah, just I think a lot of that goes to radio, too, is like Kanye didn't get on the radio too much because, you know, just being the nature of his songs. But then Taylor, for some reason, didn't get too much on the radio either just for, I guess, being too country, you know, not being enough mainstream pop. Versus, uh, well, I guess if you do look at mainstream pop songs, those are the ones that do have like 600 a million views but yeah like the song shake it uh shake it off shake it off yeah, yeah you would like i heard that song every day on the radio for the longest time and yet uh that song didn't even have that many streams on yeah, spotify no. i mean it's also just not the best song she's ever it's put not, out it's, it's just not. so repetitive i don't and even like the song but i love taylor mm. swift yeah and that's actually probably the crazy thing too is like swifties probably don't even like her mainstream music they like all the uh, like the vault stuff. Yeah, the vault stuff. Can't wait for her to do some more re-releases, yeah. some more Taylor's versions. That was yes. what we need. Yes, sir. Um, no, last podcast episode, we talked about the Mario Party. Yeah. And I did play it. I got to say, actually, yes, it is my favorite Mario Party. Very it's, nice. I think just the nostalgia of like like when it randomly picks a mini game and to like you see the name and you're like, I think I know this one. And then it shows like the the screen for it, like the like the practice you're practicing you're like oh my god yeah this is from like mario party 5 this is so cool and nice it's the excuse me it's the nostalgia of it and also the maps were actually just really good too i highly recommend you getting it brooke if you i sadly got rid of my switch so i can't (sighs) um who knows maybe someone will be able to crack it and get a little pc emulation going then i'll then I'll find a way to play it. Yeah, I uh, throw it. I got my butt kicked. Like I, that's the only problem I have with Mario Party is like I'm bad at it and and I seem to never win. I'm like I'm okay at the mini games. Like I came second when it came to like winning mini games, but yet yeah. last in the actual game. Just get uh, screwed over by the RNG and oh Yoshi, you've got the best eyelashes. <laughs> Do you know what's funny actually? Yeah, I bowled only over a five once the whole game. It was one through five the wow. whole game except once and then yeah like looking at the end stats it's like distance traveled i was like one third of the top person <laughs> so when that kind of that happens you know it's the rng as you say um but i just wanted to kind of give a quick review and then our producer jared he actually just purchased the game too he said i was gonna wait to christmas but he caved in the same weekend that i played it and yeah he very much enjoyed it with his kids and yeah i guess i'm just giving it you know black friday's coming up and cyber monday's coming up this is my uh, shout out to go get the New Mario Party superstars. Yeah. Um, well, I want to also go into the YTV shows that we YTV grew up watching. Shows. Yeah, or even the Nickelodeon ones, the Teletune, and I don't know. You watched 16 growing up? I loved 16. Dude. Ha. Huh. Jude? <laughs> Jude. Yeah, Jude. Jude, Wyatt, Corey. Those are the three dudes, right? Was it Corey? I know it's Jude, Wyatt. Oh, my God. Oh, now, now the real questions of our fact-checking on this but yeah i loved 16 um i remember the zombie episode distinctly and also when kelsey maybe is getting her driver's license those were some oh, yeah. episodes that really stuck into my head i feel like there was one where they went to a hotel or something and mm. there was a shark although i could be completely off base with that 
Wait, that sounds like stoked. <laughs> like stoked. The, I, the show stoked, because, like, and there's a shark in the main lobby, and they work at a hotel, but it was the same animation and some of the same voice actors. Because I was about to get into that, because I like 16, but my all-time favorite Teletoon show is stoked. And I still, like, I, like, casually, like, watch the episodes still on YouTube, like, every summer, just because it gets me hyped up for summer. Nice. Um, yeah, I, that's what I was about to go into, like, next. You looking up stoked right now? Does I'm just look looking up different... 2000s YTV shows mm. so I can be remembered which ones yeah it wasn't Corey's Jonesy Jonesy okay Jude Caitlin Jonesy Nikki Jen and Wyatt okay um well the oh yeah I guess wait like I know some people it's kind of crazy that weren't allowed to watch Spongebob growing up I think that's the biggest travesty yeah so I guess in the earlier seasons I guess there is a bit of humor that is kind of aimed where like older people can enjoy it as well and maybe right. parents saw that as like no no that's not that's not children's entertainment interesting my mom was the opposite she loved watching with us because of the like somewhat adult jokes and her favorite was plankton like she had a plankton sticker on nice. her computer at work and uh yeah i going back to 16 actually the one episode that like i remember the most is uh jonesy sees uh, Jen naked and it like to me that like blew my mind because I was probably only like eight I'm like whoa they're that showing they're showing like nudity oh my god like this is a children's cartoon I like it was like just the black bar <laughs> but yeah. I'm like what the heck actually told drama island was kind of like that like the amount of like sexual stuff and I'm like whoa like this is a kid show yeah and we got the good version because the Canadian version when it first released it wasn't super censored oh, okay. whereas when it was re-released in the states like, there was no swearing and stuff. It would get bleeped out or dubbed over. Damn. And uh, we got, the, we got we, the true version Well, because, of it. yeah, it was a Canadian show, so. And we had the different ending. We had where Owen won. Owen won? And Damn. I think in the States. Uh, would it be Duncan or was it a girl? Was it Gwen? I think it was Gwen. That's crazy. Because, uh, yeah, like, Owen was the Canadian shirt. That, yeah, I guess yeah. That, that wouldn't have flown in, <laughs> in the States. But, yeah, actually on that... Uh, topic going like like yeah Canadian show I guess uh, most Teletoon shows if not all were Canadian shows because it was the Canadian broadcasting uh, yeah. yeah like 16 was Canadian Stoked was Canadian and then they told Drama Island which was on there was being Ian oh yeah was, good like, on. set in Ontario BC in BC yeah. oh is it a uh, Jimmy two shoes that is in Ontario that was Quebec that's Quebec wow I've, I know there was some Ontario my childhood shows, shows are <laughs> don't well I guess what you you're like th- two three years younger than me so i guess you would have been a bit younger watching these shows yeah versus like me i was like 10 i was like super into it i was like the whole <laughs> drama island like, i was treating that like i was watching survivor and like i was same like, i'd be t- talking about like at the lunch table the next day like did you see you got voted off like no way no way they got rid of duncan not not even realizing like <laughs> they're just right i guess maybe i feel like in survivor and most reality tv shows like they are writing the scripts like they are like, I don't think it's actually legit in, like, who's getting voted off and who's winning. Like, I really do feel like there's a lot of the writers saying, this is going to get the most views. This is what needs to happen. I'm sure it's heavily influenced. And, like, the producers definitely do have, like, the story they want to tell, right? Like, they film everything, and then they're mm-hmm. like, what are interesting stories that Fair. have emerged through this? And then they highlight those storylines throughout. But I feel like the voting off people... I'm yeah. sure it does come down to like the actual survivors, but I'm sure there are things that will be pushed towards people. That's fair, yeah. Or like just 
playing a different narrative on what clips they actually show, like with the behind-the-scenes yeah. cameras. You ever watch Prank Patrol? Prank Patrol, that's with the two ninjas, yeah. right? Yeah, of course. A classic. Did right I say there. Jimmy Two Shoes? Jacob Two Two. That's the Jacob Two Two. Unless that's what you meant by Jimmy Two Shoes. Hold on, what's Jimmy? Jimmy Two Shoes. I think is animated, and it's like a blonde dude with a red demon guy. So. I'm, oh, you know what? I, You're right. That one was. Uh, that one was in Ontario. My bad. I was thinking Jacob Two Two, which was in Quebec. Yeah, I was mentally thinking Jacob Two Two. So you did correct me on the one I was thinking of. Stormhawks. Do you oh, remember Stormhawks? I do. Wait, I'll throw you even back further. Seven Little Monsters. <laughs> Seven Little Monsters, yeah. Or Monster by Mistake. That one's really old. It was like a blue blue guy. Anytime he sneezed, he turned into a blue monster. I don't think I actually remember that one. Mona the Vampire. Mona the Vampire. I was obsessed with Totally Spies as a kid. Like That was the first yes. show that I ever was like, no, it's 4.30. I have to go inside. Like I'd be playing outside with my friend. And I'd be like, no, I have to go watch the, new, like, the episode of Totally Spies. And totally Spies was great. Probably one of my earliest childhood crushes from Green Suit, Sam. Yeah. The redhead. I think, which weirdly enough, I like it makes it would have made sense why I was so obsessed with it. It was because it was girls. I probably did have, I don't remember having crushes on them. I think I just honestly enjoyed like the cool gadgets they had it, and them being spies. Like it, yeah, it 100% think, is a great show. I think no more boys what. watch that show than girls. And because just because it was a cool spy show, not actually because it was like, <laughs> yo, guys with crushes on the girls. Yeah. Um, Viva Pinata. That oh, was yeah. a big one. Also had a really good Xbox 360 game. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, where you're just kind of like making the island more appealing for the pinatas or something. I remember there was a farming aspect, and it was just the most addicting. So like, would like that almost sounds somewhat like Animal Crossing in a bit, just like on an island making it more appealing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess in a sense it was kind of like it was that. Monster by Mistake. Okay, yeah, I've definitely seen little clips on that on like TikTok where it's like, let yeah. me bring you back to right. your childhood. There you go. Loon at the Clown and Big Comfy Couch. Big Comfy doing, Couch. My dad was always, my dad hated that show because he'd like look over like making dinner and just see this lady basically doing, doing the splits stretches. and she's yeah. like, what are you showing these kids? <laughs> <laughs> just showing it all underneath the skirt. Mystery Hunters. Mystery Hunters yes. is one that maybe, I guess it would have been a year ago now. Because last year, I was just in residence. It was around a fall reading mm-hmm. week. And I just watched Mystery Hunters. <laughs> it was like, huh, what was the name of that weird fiction show on YTV search it up find mystery hunters and then just like binged it it is it doesn't hold up <laughs> from when you were a kid but it's still entertaining I think I only watched one episode because I was genuinely scared of genuinely it. scared yeah. just like I know like they, they honestly it was a set like most likely and uh, that they were just going into and like whoa it's haunted but yeah to me it freaked me out what about family shows like uh, on the family channel what were your favorites growing up for me, like easily, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Ooh, we watched that on sets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fell asleep just because, you know, Emily has that picture where it's Sav and I asleep in bed and it's like, oh, yeah, we'll make room for you. Just come back. We did make room. We were on the edges of the yeah, bed we waiting for her to return. And then she just kept waiting and taking forever, I guess, because she was thinking that we were going to do something else and we mm. weren't in our fully set up for her state. So we were just like, oh, she's taking forever. And then we ended up falling asleep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what else fun family though? Like Ham Montana, Life, well, Life with Derek would have been 
That wasn't family. That was was oh, Zeke was. and Luther a family? Yes, Can it I? was. I like Zeke and Luther. Zoe one hundred and one. Zoe one hundred and one. That was a good one. I'm obsessed with Netsa Classified. Back in grade ten, I yes. uh, I had because they only an American iTunes had it. I had to um, make an American iTunes account with like a different IP address and get my grandparents who lived in the states to buy me like an iTunes gift an American iTunes gift card, send me the code so I could buy all the episodes. And I just like binged over the Christmas break. I was just like in love with the show. That's a that's some dedication right there. I don't know why it. I loved it so much. I think it was a combination of like I want to be thrown back to my childhood right now. Like I'm just like sad. Like ah, uh, God, get in that mindset. And also just like being in high school. Like some of those tips kind of carried over to like high school. Just like being organized and you know what you what how to study for a test. Like I was like, oh, like this is actually kind of helpful for like my grade ten self. Anyways, yeah. I know also. Let's see, from from the Family Channel. Kim Possible was on Family Channel. I actually have a funny story about Kim Possible. I woke on Christmas morning. We always, like, open presents at 8, but I just couldn't sleep. So, I'm like, at 6 a.m., I went downstairs, and I just started watching Kim Possible. I got yelled at, like, what are you doing? Get the hell back up to your room. So, I always just, like, have this ingrained of, like, watching Kim Possible on Christmas morning. Nice. Uh, no, parents, I can't go back to sleep. Kim is my present, and Ron and Rufus... Um, Recess was on Disney Channel. I remember I was going into fifth grade. I'm sure it wasn't on the first release of the Mm -hmm. episode, but on the first day I was going into fifth grade, they ran the episode where they go into fifth grade. And my mind was blown. I was like, oh my goodness. All this year when I watch this show, they're going to be in the same grade as me. And then I feel like that was a plot line that never. That was one of the last episodes, on. or it was like a special that they did okay. because they, I think it was like they wrapped up the show and they came out with a movie, uh, and then they also came out. Yeah, they came out with a movie to like signify the end. The movie takes place while they're on summer vacation, and then they came out with like another special. I think it was an hour long. That was them in the fifth grade. And okay. Yeah, that's crazy how that yeah aired on your first day of grade five. Yeah, do you remember Fillmore? I've been trying to find Fillmore on like. Disney Plus and like YouTube like I was obsessed with that show it's similar lines to Totally Spies like detective work and I just always found it so interesting you'll probably have to type in like Fillmore kids show because I know this yeah I Fillmore really... from Cars might come up <laughs> uh yeah I really can't remember Fillmore I've oh okay this was Fillmore yes yeah. I remember the stink bomb episode Ooh. clearly they had Vallejo as kind of like the superintendent yeah. of the hall monitors mm-hmm. oh what a good show they had the school news reporter i loved that show here i got we'll uh move on from the stories just to wrap things up because uh we gotta get back to work you know Very strike true. stuff yeah we'll move on to red flag game red flag game. do you All like right. do you like mac and cheese i like mac and cheese yeah like katie yeah do you put ketchup on it as a kid, I did. I don't anymore. What I do instead is I'll do like green onions and some tomato and like jalapeno, and then I'll kind of just like add those into it instead, and then some like pepper, all that good stuff. Maybe some sriracha into it. Ah, uh, yeah, much more just plain, like just whatever. Just, just plain. Yeah. yeah. What are your opinions on spiral mac and cheese? Spiral mac and yeah, cheese. Yeah, so it's the KD, but it comes in spirals. I've never actually tried it. I'm very boring. I guess I only ever buy just the, the original yeah. KD. I don't want like the extra 
cheese or whatever. I want to try those flavor booster things. Mm. I hope that wasn't like a limited, limited time thing mm. and that they can still be found. They'll, they'll probably come back out anyways. Probably. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, uh, my favorite are actually the shells and my, I like honestly have such a vendetta against spiral pasta. Like, <laughs> well, just specifically Katie, if you're going to have like buy spiral Katie, I don't know why, but, uh, to me, that's a deal breaker. No, it's not. It's a red flag. If you like spiral, like KD, like that's like I'm on edge. I'm like, why? Because I like. What's so bad about it? Is it just the texture of the noodle or? That, I think what's so bad about it is how can you like say you like that over like the regular? Like how do you prefer that? Like, well, I guess let me give the, the scenario. They only eat spiral mac and cheese. They won't eat the other kinds at all. Where would that fall for you? Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I don't understand why they would have such a KD vendetta. Sorry, that's what I was trying to get at. It's just like, yeah, like, they all taste the same. I, I have a vendetta against Spiral just because, like, if it looks, but, like, I guess that's my own red flag. It's just hating Spiral. But, like, to only like the Spiral pasta, be like, that's weird. Why? Because that's such an uh, obscure one, too. Like, I just don't even know who would even buy that unless you were just like you have bought so much KD in the past that you're like actually yeah let me switch up with a different pasta type yeah I definitely see it as weird I don't know if I'd see it as a red flag not until like they turn down my mm. cooking of normal <laughs> macaroni and they're like oh that's disgusting how dare you present a elbow pasta to me. <laughs> okay here's a second red flag they are late to everything only by like 15 minutes 10-15 minutes but just only by ooh, that's yeah, a lot. I it's, get it's never by like more than twenty minutes. Never by more than twenty. I get anxious when I'm mm -hmm. waiting on people. What well, if they always let you know, like, hey, I'm leaving now, but like they say leaving now when they were at the time they were supposed to be at your place or at the time they're supposed to be at the restaurant. I mean, that's not horrible because I'd learn and I'd start telling them like a ten minute earlier time sort mm -hmm. of thing. Um mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, I don't know. I guess it would be a bit of a red flag it's certainly annoying yeah. i really dislike when i need to wait on other people to like go do something or what it really is is if we're making someone else wait at that point because it's like right i feel some weird guilt for making us be late even though it's the other person that's making us late yeah for me it's uh completely fine i feel like i'm also just a person that usually plans things like with like extra time like if i'm going yeah. to a jets game i'm gonna be like let's like it starts at seven like let's get be there at five and i'm just gonna like if they're late it's not a big deal we'll get there right on time versus like i would prefer to be there early but it's okay i i am gonna give the extra time anyways yeah. so completely fine with me like you said a little annoying but uh as you said also you know you probably learn from that person that oh they're you know they're usually slightly late let me just like schedule the time a bit earlier and yeah, they'll come right when I actually do want them to be there. Yeah. I also think communication goes a long way that I feel like, hey, going to be 20 minutes late, not, like, helps a lot usually. Oh, and I'm yeah. sure there's some scenarios where it's like, uh, hey, we have to be here absolutely at this time. You know, no exceptions. I feel like, you know, someone that usually is late is probably going to be like, okay, yeah, actually, I, I know to leave earlier because versus if it's always casual plans that they're late to, not the biggest deal at yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, We'll move on to Amsu News. We're at the end now. I kind of want to save all the, like... <sighs> the heavy bits. Yeah, just that the strike uh, at this point looks like it could possibly last the 60 days, unfortunately. Um, right now, the University of Manitoba has proposed binding arbitration. Um, 
Amfa has said no right off the bat, but I believe they are going to somewhat discuss it a bit. Or they're going to come, sorry, they're going to counter offer um, where they want guaranteed. The problem with writing arbitration is like no, neither party's guaranteed anything. It is a third party that is just saying what is fair, what is going to happen, and neither party can back out of the deal afterwards. So yep. uh, it really is the, in the, like the fate is in the hands of this third party. So Umpha clearly doesn't want that. Fair enough. They, so I believe they're going to come back with they're going to want some guarantees and then binding arbitration, whether or not the University of Manitoba accepts those guarantees and then like accepts that, who knows? Uh, I just, uh, unfortunately, while I'm informing the podcast, this, uh, it's not looking good. Yeah, and this whole situation definitely puts students in a weird bit because they can push for arbitration in the hope that things will go back to normal for right now. And I guess there's the lack of assurance that UMFA will have their measures that they want where it's like, oh, this will address uh, mm-hmm. retention, mm-hmm. so possibly years down the road. Yeah. This might be an issue again. But then again, if we don't go into arbitration and we let it ride, we yeah. might just affect winter break, affect winter terms yeah. reading week, especially if, I guess, uh, if we do reach arbitration at the end of these 60 days anyway. Yeah. Yeah, like the like you're absolutely right. You know, arbitration might not address the reasons Umpa was striking in the first place. I think that yeah, again, the worry is though if we're gonna get to arbitration after sixty days, anyways, might as well end the strike now. That's the good thing about arbitration too is it's uh, strike ends immediately. They don't even they won't even come to a deal for another who knows two weeks, three months doesn't matter. At least we're back in the classroom. Yeah, yeah. So I guess. Um, I, re- I really, because the university and UMFA are so far apart on numbers and, you know, the non-monetary things, I think it's going to end up in arbitration anyways. I just hope it's accepted before the 60 days so that uh, students aren't affected too much. And I guess, yeah, like, what does that even mean for us as UMSU if we're unable to, if we don't have a winter semester, like, how do we run our elections? How do we, it's uh, it's an uh, interesting time, but I that's kind of, I'm sure we have other UMSU news, but that just seems the most pressing. That that doesn't even feel right yeah. to get into other UMSU news. I think strike definitely overshadows everything in matters of importance. Yeah, I think that's the toughest part about our jobs right now is that we didn't sign up for this. We were just we we had ideas and goal in in mind and goals in mind and campaign promises, and now we're being so so sidetracked and thrown off that it's uh, yeah, it's just work that we didn't sign up to do. But yeah. at the same time, we did sign up for these jobs, and uh, <laughs> we're here till the end. Yeah, a bit of the role. I mean, we could have seen what's to come a little bit after seeing last year in the one-year deal but i i can't speak for the other execs i really thought that like between the one-year deal and now Mm. something would have been figured out between umfa and the university so a strike wouldn't be uh necessary but here we are yeah i think the other scary thing is you know I really thought this would be over sooner just based on the fact that it was over sooner last time they won strike. Yeah. And I'm like, in my mind, like, there's no way it gets to 60 days. And now I'm honestly, like, thinking, yeah, it might. And, and we're uh, on 21? We are on 21. We're on 21. Yeah, it's been exactly three weeks since that Monday that they called the strike. Um, well, uh, let me end on a positive note. Joke of the week. What do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? A dapper fish. Not bad, not bad. I was thinking more, you'd say that it's so fish ticated. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Out of 10? Out of 10. So fish ticated. Um, I guess it does flow a little bit. Let's call it a six. 
All right, fair enough. I got seven last time, six this time. Uh, song of the week this week is I Caught Myself by Paramore. A little Twilight song there, <laughs> but uh, very good teenage angst song. But of course, you got to check out Misery Business, Still Into You, The Only Exception, and Hard Times. Really quickly, yeah, let's touch on Misery Business and Olivia Rodrigo, quote-unquote, ripping off you know, the whole vibe of it with her song Good For You. I guess I want to explain. Like you, you knew the song, but... but the story goes, yeah, everyone was calling her out for the song. Like, it's all over TikTok. Of like, wow, this is, like, the exact same yeah. song. And I think Paramore saw how much public know that, like, the public could easily tell that, the, like, a judge would be able to tell we should take this to the court system. I don't know the results yet or if it's still ongoing. I just know that Paramore did, in fact, sue Olivia Rodrigo for the likeness of Good For You and Misery's Business. Do you know, like, how different they are is it kind of like uh ice ice baby and uh uh yeah under pressure under pressure like is it da 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 da, da? and then the yeah. classic clip where it's and ours is da 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 <laughs> well i always thought see that i don't know what the legal system said on that because to me i always thought it was like oh he's sampling under pressure because you're allowed to sample stuff yeah. like there were so many songs that uh you ask for permission to sample and like you're, you're allowed to use the same beat. I don't know what happened with Ice Ice Baby and Under Pressure. I can only imagine that. I was like, yeah, Queen did not give the rights to Probably. Under Pressure. But I can say that it's not the same. Yeah, it's not a sample. It's not good for you in Misery Business is not the same chords. It's 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 more the same cadence. And like you can just very easily tell it's same like feel. You listen to the songs back to back, you're like, these are the same. Yeah. <laughs> Versus what without actually being like, oh, that is the exact same with Ice Ice Baby and Under Pressure. Yeah, but um, I guess do your own independent research and find out what happened with that lawsuit. I'm too lazy to look up right now. <laughs> and I feel like we've already riffed for so much that at 45 minutes. But uh, enjoy this, the song of the week, and enjoy if you stick around for after the song of the week, some ASMR by Brooke. <laughs> oh, incredible. So that's all the time we have for this week. Tune in next week. And don't forget to spread, spread good vibes. Good vibes only. Peace. Be excellent to each other. Be excellent to each other. I don't see you, but I don't know what I...